Regular listeners will recognize the phrase, stay humble and keep going, as the final words of every episode. Today, we take some time to unpack them. This is Jews Talk Racial Justice with April and Tracy, a weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex world, change takes courage. Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable. Hey, Tracy. What's up, April? So many things. My grandma passed this week. I'm so sorry. May her memory be for a blessing. Thank you. By the time this episode airs, I think it will have been a week ago. Um, yeah, her memory is definitely a blessing. Hope she's loving being in the spirit world. I felt her spirit give my caress a cold cheek. Give my cheek a cold caress. I felt like a cold breeze. And uh, around, and I later learned that that was around the time that she died. And I wondered, I was thinking at the time, is that Grandma Lou? Um, Because my parents' home is super insulated and it's not a place to get drafts at all. And it was, that was cool. So I'm navigating the grieving process around losing my Grandma Lou. And we're going to have a memorial service for her. She opted to give her body to science to UC Davis Medical Center. So it's less of a time issue in the ways that it traditionally would be. Um, but we're doing a memorial service for her on the 28th of the month, which is just should work out well. Um, and then later that week, and it's so hard to tell, and it's all connected within me, you know, um, but it, I was devastated to learn from you actually. So at least that helped that it came from a source that I love, a source who I love that, um, bell hooks passed. Um, and so it's just been a quite a week and I'm tired. And yeah, uh, yeah. Two, uh, two giants of your childhood or two giants of your becoming development passing at the same time. Yeah. It's a lot. And, and bell hooks passing for me, I don't know the circumstances of her life. You know, there was a, a more sorrowful element of that and that she was so much younger. You know, my, mm -hmm. my grandma was 94 you know, she mm -hmm. grew up in the 1920s in the Jim Crow South and lived an amazing life considering those circumstances and ended up purchasing, not all at once, but in succession, multiple homes and eventually running a, a lounge, a tavern in Newark, um, had her own business with her husband and my grandpa Joe. So that's the energy that I'm bringing into into our conversation today and you raised it. It might be really nice and it would be very nice to do an episode talking about bell hooks. And certainly it would be great in terms of the fact that her name is trending and um, maybe we can do that in the future, but I just, I'm really sad <laughs> about losing her. You know, she was only around 70 and um yeah, not even to 69. Yeah, I was hoping. Yeah. Maybe we should have had another 20 years of yeah. brilliance. Yeah, 
or at least 15. And so I'm still just um, navigating some grief stages with that. Whereas with my grandma, it's been a a multi-year process in different ways. And so I've been processing that all along. Um, But it also now is here. And so you had a really great idea of what we might talk about this week. Um, So why don't I turn it over to you to to introduce it and we can dive in. Yeah, sure. So over, I guess a year and a half ago now, when we decided to start a podcast and um, we wanted to have the credits at the beginning and the end be the same. And we wanted like something that we could say as we would close out. And we talked about a couple of different things, but then um, we landed on, um, stay humble and keep going. Um, which is something that I think, I don't remember exactly who suggested it, but it, it really, really you, resonated. But I think you cited a, that makes sense why it resonated. I think, yeah, I think you were inspired by something you'd heard or something at that time. You I mean, read or you I was heard someone say something and you did a variation on what they said. That's entirely likely. <laughs> you don't um, remember. I don't. Remember. <laughs> I don't. Well, but I will say that, like, it really, really resonates still because it is the way that I think about my my journey, um, not just anti racism, but just learning journey. Right? I think it's um, it's so easy to get sort of stuck. Um, and or to assume that a little bit of knowledge is all that you need, <laughs> you know. So like the the push the push back against um, arrogance or it's not even arrogance. It's more um, I think there's there's a there's a name for it where people who are good at things in their lives then um, assume that things that new new fields are much simpler than they are in fact are and just assume a higher level of competence than they um, ought. Um, yeah. Because they're good at other things. And I think that particularly in regards to understanding um, the societal forces of systemic oppression, like that happens. And I'm, I can't think of the name of it right now, but um it's, it's easy to fall into because we think we understand, you know, we all are racialized. And so we think that we understand how it works and it's just much more complicated and hence the humble. And it is so complicated that especially white folks, um, sometimes are like, you know what? I'll just not, I'll just leave that to other people. Let's get this. Let let other people deal with this complicated stuff. And so stay humble. Yeah, we can't, we can't stop. We, we are all needed in this work. And so stay humble and keep going is a bit of a mantra for me. Um, that I, I hope resonates for other folks, but that's, that's what I have on my mind. April, you're obviously deep in thought about this. So I like to stay humble because it reminds me of the Kendrick Lamar song. What's a good placement? What's a good replacement for the B word? You know, I don't know. You know the Kendrick Lamar song, right? Yeah, baby, sit down. No, 
Oh, well, he has this whole song and the chorus is baby, sit down, be humble, baby, sit down, be humble. Right. And I think it's interesting because, and I hadn't fully thought about this before. I like the balance of the two words because I think across different types of listeners, one or the other might be more helpful. So a person might feel like they have one, but they may not have the other. So they might be going, but they may be lacking humility or they might, or they may have humility on lock and are doubting themselves or are tired in the case of either dedicated, wonderful leaders and, or dedicated, wonderful leaders who are explicitly people of color. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was some like elegant way that I connected this in a meaningful way that I can't remember what the through line was, but I would extend it to say, or I would just make, I would name explicitly that not everybody needs to be humble. Um, but that everyone well, and, or, and by that, I mean, some people already are humble. And I remember, you know, being in a text study once, with uh, a prominent rabbi who was giving a whole talk about how important humility is and how it was so virtuous and so wonderful and how we all need to do that. And I remember thinking, um, this is a wonderful person, but I remember thinking what a profoundly white male perspective he was coming from. And I can't remember all the phrases that he used, but it was so clear because at, I was at a point in my healing journey where being humble was absolutely the, is how I always had been to an extreme. And I literally needed to be bold and I needed to be heard yeah. and I needed to contradict as a woman of color, different ways that I'd been consistently silenced and that, and that, yeah. yeah. And that in his lesson, and we didn't have all these added pieces, but he kept saying things that I was like, and all these things are true, but for a particular experience, these are not universal. He was s- sort of sharing them as if they were universal. And I was like, Mm-mm, sugar, channel my grandma, Mm-mm, sugar. Nope. Uh, and, and so just similar to other Midot, other, um, exactly. other Jewish values, um, humility is is a jewish value and it's one that we need to right size and balance and that may need to shift or downsize they may need to increase or downsize depending upon a given circumstance and so right. and i felt comfortable using i think that for a multicultural multiracial audience is because and to me inherently when we say that i, I take it to mean it can mean different things for different folks as they need it to mean it can be an affirmation of the fact that they are leveraging the right amount of humility or it can be an admonishment to try to take a seat a little, keep going, but to take a seat, you don't always have to be heard. I love that you brought up the Mido, the character traits, um, because I, I do think that the, the Musar understanding of Anava or humility is really, really helpful to a- account for what you're talking about, where there are times when actually outside societal forces have forced you to be more humble than necessary. Um, we've talked about on the podcast before that um, Dr. Alan Marinus, I was saying his name wrong in earlier podcasts. I apologize, Dr. Marinus, um, talks about um, anava. Humility is about taking um, no more than 
my place, no, no less than my space, or maybe it's the other way around. I, we could probably do a whole nother thing about the difference between place and space in that sentence. But I think that's really, um, important for us to recognize that anava humility actually is on a spectrum from completely, um, self-effacing to sort of, um, arrogance and that midline, not denigrating what we, who we are and what we have to bring, but also not overemphasizing it is, is all baked into the idea of humbleness here with that Jewish lens. Um, Staying in your lane. And, and I am excited for us and all of the other contemporary students of Musar. Um, shout out to Rabbi Lauren Tugman, who are talking about the societal pressures and, and, and socialization and how that affects Anava and how we show up um, and, and how we find the right balance. Um, so I'm excited for us to continue that work that we do together. And I like the juxtaposition of the two pieces because one is about... I associate humility with descent or contraction. Um, but as we just said, in terms of its practice for each individual person, it might be upping the level of, of acknowledgement of one's skills and the value that one brings, particularly the more you have marginalized identities beyond simply being Jewish, but also if you are Jewish and a person of color, if you are a person of color and not Jewish, if you are a person with disabilities, uh, a disability or disabilities, um, or someone with trans or non-binary gender identity, that it's still a practice, right? Because there's a point at which we can powerfully contradict the suppression of our voices and go overboard to a point of taking up too much mm-hmm. space, but there's a good amount and a number of us, I know in my experience and the experience with different of different people with whom I've worked and learned, is that it feels like we are taking up outsized space. We might just be speaking in a circle in a way that's actually normal for that circle, but it feels so contradictory to our oppression that we need to do that. But so it's a fine line, and this is where friends and teachers and supports can be helpful for us to say. Oh, no, you were fine in April, actually. I think you spoke actually a few minutes less than the other people. So that was fine, right? Or, yeah, that was really bold. and I'm really proud of you. And it was good, but you might not always want to do that because that, that was really kind of big. And, or, and either that was right for the moment or, you know, like you overshot a little bit, but we're so proud of you and... <laughs> You needed to do that for your heel, you know, like, so it's, it's, at times it's a little nuanced, right? And we get to feel our way, way through that. But one of the things that I like about these is that, and keep going is this sort of outward up leveling, right? Yeah. And to me, I like this phrase because it's so perfect around racial justice because so much of racial justice, effective racial justice work and anti-racism is around the nuance. Um, and people initially find this confusing, but I actually think this is true with lots of things. It's like cooking, like cooking is not black and white. And it depends if you had, if you had a one certain ingredient, then you might need to totally, it's, you know, but, but for some reason, I think, well, not some reason, because of largely, I think trauma <laughs> and unhealed trauma, the nuance of, of racism, it just makes it too much, even though there's lots of other places in our lives, financial management, which a lot of people, but, but I think cooking is a good example because for some people that's really hard, but for a lot of people, they either enjoy the challenge or they love it and they know 
that it actually is quite navigable, but there are different things you need to learn and certain ingredients that it sounds contradictory, but in the, for this recipe, you need a lot of this. And in this recipe, you need some, but just slightly yeah. too much will ruin the entire dish that, you know, the, the bread won't rise or whatever may happen. And, and that is true with effective racial justice work too, that you have different principles that in certain contexts need to be bigger or smaller and you got to learn to balance it. And, and, and this work is learning to, what is it like juggle while dancing or you're like patting your head while rubbing your tummy that, that um, we need to learn to both hold racism and practice looking at it while also practicing holding and looking at anti-Semitism and, we need to work yeah. on healing ourselves and taking good care of ourselves and and not always at the same time, but in time, taking very good care of ourselves, but also not. But if we're white, also learning to decenter ourselves in certain ways to make room for the narratives and the priorities of people to color to, people of color to shine and take up a right size space while still holding as a white person that I still get to deeply care for myself and nourish myself at all times, but that that can look differently, particularly when I'm working on creating equitable spaces and measures that make room for greater collective justice. And so I like that that statement contains complementary, potentially seemingly contradictory pieces, but that are critically important for each other um, and needed in in this work because if one was yeah. just humble and not doing anything that wouldn't be great and also when somebody just keeps on going at times people don't remain humble because they start to get hurt and they will start to get louder and loud and volume in and of itself is not what's missing in our movement spaces i think what's missing is key insight and listening and spaciousness for new ideas to come through and for there to be healing for people and for us to form key relationships across lines of difference that are strong and can endure attacks from systems of oppression and actors of oppression who are explicitly trying to undermine those relationships and pit us against each other. And so I love that Tracy proposed this and I wish I could remember, maybe at some point one of us will, um, how you came up with it. It just contains so much and also can take on, it can be a little bit to an extent if one wants it to be, and we invite you for it to be a little bit of a Rorschach and you can determine um, the degree to which each one of these you, you need. And what I would say is that um, at times people need more humility than they think they, they need. So, um, so I, you know, bear that in mind too. <laughs> I think one of the reasons I like it is because it invites you, it talks about both how you show up and that you continue to show up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true regardless of, regardless of your identity. Um, yeah, it, it sort of counters some of, some of the things that we see in humanity in general, not just in this work, um, of thinking that like, well, I've, I've done enough. I don't need to keep going or. Yeah, you do. You know, oh, that's another point. Or too, right? either. like the checklist dynamic or syndrome that can often happen yeah. in this work where people think, oh, I'm done. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 you need to, you need to keep going. This is unending. Or, or even, even if it's not quite, I'm not quite done, but like, if I could just get these three things checked off the list, then I will be done. Um, no. I think inherent in stay humble and keep going is that no, 
There were the, it's like this whole curriculum like hygiene or other things. This is not, this is how we live. It's a Mm-mm. practice. It's a way of life that we slowly mm-hmm. and consistently get to build in more and more as we each are comfortable and ready. It's asymptotic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those word nerds out there. Asymptotic. It's like an asymptote, which is a, which is a curve that approaches a line, but never reaches it. It's a math. Term. Thank you Sorry, for this wow word of the week for me. <laughs> Asymptotic. You're welcome. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit JewsTalkRacialJustice.com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time and stay humble and keep going.